Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Do you hear the joy in my voice today? I have so much joy right now. Yesterday, I had the awesome and amazing opportunity and pleasure. I told you I've been going to the Culture of Democracy. They're doing their big summit, their first summit in LA this week, and their keynote speaker was Michelle Obama. I was going to leave earlier this week and go to ABFF in Miami earlier. I have a red-eye flight later tonight, but I delayed it so that I could be in LA and go and see Forever Flotus speak in person. Culture Democracy, we talked about this on the last episode. Actually, her organization is When We All Vote, and Culture of Democracy is the name of the summit. But she has a a voting registration organization, When We All Vote. My friend Stephanie Young heads it up. And she and her team put on an amazing, amazing, amazing event this week. So kudos to them. But my FLOTUS, my forever FLOTUS, was the keynote speaker, obviously. Who's going to one-up Michelle Obama? I don't even think Barack Obama could headline over Michelle. But I was so, so happy to see her. She was awesome. She was awesome. She didn't say anything in the speech that was crazy or controversial. She talked about the importance of folks voting in midterm elections. And she talked about, you know, necessary changes to our gun laws. Um, She did talk about, she didn't quite say Handmaid's Tale, but she kind of alluded to it. um, Talking about the, uh, what's the word I want to use? The repression, regression of women's rights. And she's like, you know, people don't think things like that can happen in, in this country. But lo and behold... They can. They are happening. But mostly the importance of registering to vote, voting, and being an active participant in our democracy. It was only maybe like 20 minutes or so, but she's such a riveting speaker. Like I was just hanging on every word between like her, what's the word, delivery, um, and then also, you know, just her floatus power. I was like completely enamored. I tried not to hold my phone up the whole time. It was a very like Politico event. Like everyone wasn't holding up their phones. Like when I went to see her on book tour, it was at um, it was at the basketball arena downtown in D.C. And that was just like a little bit of everybody. So everyone had their phones up the whole time. But this one, everyone didn't have their phones up and I didn't want to be like tacky. I only kept my phone up to record when I felt like there was like a crescendo coming um, in the speech. So, yeah, my baby Gia Peppers was the host of yesterday's event. I got there pretty late. I had some stuff. I had some errands I needed to take care of yesterday morning. Flotus came on, I want to say like at 6.30 and they were like doors closed at 3.30. Like once she's in the building, like it's a lockdown. 
I got a heads up from my friends who were working the event and they were like, no, like once the, the secret service puts something on lockdown, there's nothing we can do. So get here at three 30. I showed up at like three 25. It was right up the street from my house. It was like 10 minutes away at the bank of America stadium. It was a really good turnout. Tons of people I hadn't seen in forever and a day. It was almost like a New Yorkers reunion. When I was walking through the crowd, I saw so many people that I hadn't seen, not even pre pandemic, but literally since I left New York, So many familiar faces, so many people I was happy to see. A lot of D.C. people, too, because obviously it's a political event. A lot of people that had worked with and for the Obama White House were there. So it was was a reunion of sorts. I was really, really happy to be there. You hear my joy? You hear my joy? I was very joyous. You want to hear what else I'm joyous about? This is my praise report for the week. So I told y'all I'd started working out again. I was a little inconsistent in the beginning, but I've been consistent for the last... I would say month. So I have monthly goals that I'm supposed to meet. I break them down. I break them down weekly. I'm a half pound off my monthly goal. I'm also a day earlier. If I work out today, I should meet my I should meet my goal for tomorrow. But more important than the scale moving, more important than the scale moving, the waist beads are moving. I've had waist beads for the last three years. I got them put on um, after my first trip to Ghana. Davida, her sister Mika, she has a uh, waist bead company called Wasted by Mika, W-A-I-S-T-E-D-B-Y-M-I-K-A.com. That's the important part, the M-I-K-A. But Wasted by Mika is where I get my waist beads from. She's obviously Gunyan as well. She's Davida's sister, but she gets her waist beads from Ghana. You know, because she's from there, she knows where all the good spots are, not just like the ones they sell to tourists on the side of the road. She gets like the good, authentic one that Gunyan women wear. But that's what I've had on for like the last three years. Earlier this year, my waist beads started going up. They started rising. That's a bad sign. And then I remember for Essence Black Women in Hollywood, I had on like this really tight dress. And you could see the waist beads through the dress. So my stylist, first time I worked with this stylist, first time I worked with any stylist. So she was like, well, can you take the waist beads off? Now, I usually don't take my waist beads off. I work out in them. I shower with them. I do all activities with the waist beads on. Before... Earlier this year, technically, if I needed to take them off, I could. There was some occasion that I needed to take them off for, and I just like rolled them right off. They're not stretchy or anything, but like with a little light tug, I get them off and over my hips without popping them. Essence Black Women in Hollywood, I was like, well, let me see if I can get them off. So I'm in the bathroom trying to like roll them down, and I was like, oh no, this is this is not going to work. Them things was tight. Like just rolling them down the tummy was a, was a situation. And I was like, oh my God, I've let myself go. Oh my God. So I would like to report that yesterday morning, I stepped on the scale and I liked the number on the scale. Again, not the goal number, but close enough. And I was like, let me see if I can roll these beads off again. And they rolled right off in less than a gentle tug. And I was like, oh, I'm shrinking. I'm very, very pleased. I've been working my ass off. I mean, like cardio, marching up them damn hills. I'm mainlining water like a goddamn fish. I've limited my drinking. I mean, I'm still like on my Prosecco, but not like I used to be. I limited to special occasions. Like, and sometimes a special occasion was like, you know, I've finished the podcast for the day or I'm going to start recording the podcast. I've even cut down on coffee. One of my trainers was like, you cannot exist off coffee and wine. I was like, is this an opinion or this is facts? Like, come on. But no, I'm like mainlining water. I'm working out every other day. Across the board, the trainers were like, you do not have to do cardio every single day. What you need to do is drink your damn water, get some damn sleep, and pick up some weights. 
So I've been picking up kettlebells. I hate them goddamn things. But they work. Clearly. Because my waist beads are like rolling over my waist. I'm still not two-piece ready. But we're on our way. I'm fully aware that like, you know, we're about to be in the height of summer. However, I'm moving to eternal summer. Not that LA isn't kind of eternal summer too. But no, Ghana's like, you know, every single day, it's 87 degrees. I can't wait. I'm so excited. The other thing too, I had no idea how many people read Dear Mom. I was at the event yesterday and people were like, what are you doing here? And I was like, why? I'm offended. Like, why would I not be here? I like Michelle Obama. Do you not like Michelle Obama? And they were like, no, ain't you supposed to be in Ghana? And I told people like, you know, the moving date. And they were like, oh my God, so soon. I just scheduled to ship my car yesterday. I think I told y'all in a previous episode that I've been so crazed and all over the place that I forgot to ship myself to DC. Um, My dad is taking my truck, storing all my stuff in my parents' basement. So I've got to get all my stuff from LA back to the East Coast. I'll be on the East Coast for a couple of weeks and then I'm leaving from there. And for my American residents going forward, I'm probably going to stay on the East Coast. If nothing else, because it's just, you know, more direct to get to Ghana. There is no such thing as a nonstop flight from LAX to Accra. But from IAD, from Dulles or JFK, there is. And so I was like, I don't know if I'm going to keep an American residence in Maryland or New York. I don't know. I'll figure that out on the back end. My dad keeps asking me, he's like, how long are you going to be gone? I keep saying a year so I don't freak my parents out. But, you know, I'm looking at indefinite. <laughs> my current plan is Ghana for six months just to make sure, sure, that's what, what I want to do. But if I love Ghana for the first six months, I told you I rented an apartment, um, then I'm just going to go ahead and get a condo. Um, that's going to take a while to build because Ghana is like building everything. There's, um, remember Solange, Cranes in the Sky? And she was talking about the... Um, the skyline of Miami, that's what Ghana looks like. Like it's cranes in the sky. I kind of know the area that I want to get it in, but it would be in like a new building. So it will take a while to build. But so my current plan is, is Ghana for six months and then South Africa and then Senegal, if I can get into this artist residency, which Bevy and I spoke about when she was on the episode. BlackRock. Vogue did actually a great story on BlackRock, maybe like the week after Bevy and I had that conversation. So if you're interested in like, why Senegal? Why BlackRock? Google BlackRock on Vogue.com, BlackRock Senegal on Vogue.com. And you can see all the pictures of BlackRock. And you'll be like, oh, that's why D want to go there. I mean, that in Senegal is freaking amazing. It's gorgeous. I've never been. It's gorgeous. Everyone says so. And I was also told that, you know, although, although French and Wolof are the most spoken languages, I can get by on English. There's enough people that speak English where I can function and just learning like the basic greetings, directions and like how to ask for the bathroom, um, which are all very important. Um, I know basic French, uh, but I was also told that like, you know, I spent all this time like learning French. They were like, you know, it's like French with like a West African accent. It's like Senegalese French. It's not like France French. I was like, in the same way that like you speak English, but even in, in Ghana, because of the dialect, you'd be like, huh? Or, or sorry. Um, you know, sometimes you have to ask people to repeat themselves because of the dialect, because um, they are more familiar with hearing American English than you are with hearing Ghanaian English. It's British English with a Ghanaian dialect. It takes my ear like a week or so to adjust. So even like the French that I have learned, they were like, you know, you're not going to understand shit anyway. Like the only way you're going to get it is to actually be over there and learn Senegal's dialect of French. And I was like, oh, shit. A third language and a dialect? Get the fuck out of here. <sighs> I ask myself every day, like, are you crazy? 
Like, is this really like the life you want? Absolutely. I'm ready for the adventure. I just know it's going to be just that, though. It's going to be a whole bunch of like, it was supposed to be X and now it's Y. It's, it's just going to be an adventure, an odyssey, if you will. So, but I'm ready. Am I ready? I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. I've gotten past the nervous phase. And now I'm just like in the logistics phase. I've got calendars everywhere where I have like specific dates that all these things must happen. I'm 90% sure I'm not going to Essence. We couldn't work out the contract with the sponsor. So that's off the table, which I mean, I very much did want to go, but also I was cutting it really close. Like I was coming back from Essence on the 4th. I had to pack up my whole apartment that week. And then literally the movers come to take my car and all my stuff the following week. And I don't even have set dates for that. Like it could be the 11th. It could be the 13th. Apparently I'm moving in like high season. Summer is high moving season. So yeah, it's all going to work out. Nobody's going to die. So it will work out. So that's that. And I got a birthday coming up. I'm not sure what I'm going to do for my birthday. I want to do something, but it's not, it's not my last American birthday. But still, it's like my goodbye LA, goodbye West Coast, hello West Africa. So I want to do something. I'm like, should I throw like a big fancy dinner? Should I just do cocktails and cake? I don't know. I think I want to have a dinner. But if I'm doing that, you know, my ass kind of need to get on it, don't I? Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And good black news this week. There's so much. Most of it is from the freaking Tony Awards. Remember we talked about Jennifer Hudson and she was up for a Tony? And if she did get that Tony, then she would, she would be official EGOT status. She won. The show that she was a producer of won big at the Tonys. And Jennifer Hudson is officially an EGOT. So much, much congratulations to her. I love Jennifer Hudson. She's like a friend in my head. You know what I actually like about her? She seems to have like a similar disposition. She's not a warm and fuzzy person. 
which kind of does make me worry for her upcoming talk show because I was like, most talk show hosts are warm and fuzzy. But maybe her getting her talk show is like, you know, a direct appeal to the non-warm and fuzzy among us. And in fairness, Wendy Williams wasn't warm and fuzzy and she did well. But I'm rooting for Jen. I think her getting her EGOT status is, you know, a great, is a great entry into talk show world. It's not lost to me that Whoopi, who's also not a warm and fuzzy and has been on The View forever and a day. Whoopi is also EGOT status. There's actually a good precedent for Jennifer not being warm and fuzzy and doing well. But I wish her all the best. I really, really like Jennifer Hudson. My father watched the Tonys. And I was like, have you ever watched the Tonys before in your life? Like he was calling to tell me there was a young man from PG County. What is his name? I think he plays Michael Jackson. Let's look this up. Tony Awards. Michael. His name is Miles Frost. And he won the Tony Award for his portrayal of Michael Jackson in an MJ the Musical. Best performance by a leading actor in a musical is what he won his Tony for. Miles Frost, who grew up in Rockville, Maryland. I'm reading this on the website for the local CBS station back home. Frost was studying at Bowie State University before he left to go take his role on Broadway. Actually, PG County has a really good precedent for Broadway. There was this guy when I was growing up. I knew his brother better than I knew him. Joe Webb used to be on Broadway. He was a PG County guy. Let's look up Joe Webb. Joe Webb, Broadway. This was like back in the day. This was like when I was still in high school. I can't remember the show he was in. I want to say Tap Dance. Am I making this up? I want to say he was in Bringing the Noise, Bringing the Funk. That's how long ago this was. But it was a really big deal back in the day that this guy from PG County was on Broadway. Yeah, I'm looking at his bio right now. But Joe could dance his ass off. I'm like, tap his ass off. Like, dance, dance. Yeah. But so there is a precedent for PG County folks on Broadway. Prince George's County. As my father reminded me, he was like, people don't like, people don't like to hear you say PG. Like, they like to hear Prince George's. Gorgeous Prince George's. I was like, um, okay, y'all are doing the most right now. I'm from there. I can say that. People not from there can't say that. But congratulations to Miles Frost. I'm very happy for him. Um, all of PG County is happy for him. My dad does not watch the Tonys. I have never heard my dad talk about watching Tony. I saw Felicia Rashad. She won. She's not my favorite person. I'm sorry. I never thought I would say that about Claire Huxtable, but um, she won her Tony Award for Best Featured Actress in a Play for her role in Skeleton Crew. I've not heard of Skeleton Crew. I have no doubt that she's great. She's an amazing actress. Her off-camera or stage remarks about Cosby, and then later her response to the, the Howard students that were protesting turned me off from her. I tried to ride with her on the Cosby thing, and I'm like, you know what? I mean, she's dead-ass wrong. Full stop. And I thought Cosby changed her life, the trajectory of her career. I think he walked her down the aisle at her wedding. Like, they're very close. Like, maybe she has a blind spot where she's just like, you know, I know him so well and I've never seen the side of him. Like, I can't imagine. I thought maybe she just had like a void there. there. But she like publicly supported him twice. But again, I was willing to let that go. But then the Howard student, she had just really nasty disposition about them protesting on campus. And I'm like, maybe she feels a way because the Howard students, you know, largely protested her. You know, she's a dean at the, um, I want to say the School of Fine Arts. Definitely over the drama program. But, you know, she said those remarks in support of Cosby. And a lot of students were like, you know, you're a dean who is supporting a man 
who is a predator on young women. Like, are you the proper person to be a dean at the college? Like, yes, like you were Claire Huxtable, but, you know, you're also very problematic. So they wanted her fired. They didn't want her there. So maybe she felt a way about the way the student body Many st- and, and clearly it's not the whole thing. It's never, it's never, it's never a monolith. But maybe she felt a way about you know so many people being vocal about not wanting her there. But when the the students were protesting, rightfully so because their living conditions were deplorable. Did you see the videos of how them kids were living? They did fix them kids' living situation, right? They not still living in filth and fungus, are they? That shit was crazy. They were like, see the mold. I'm like, oh, they're being dramatic, and they showed the mold, and I was like. <gasps> You could see the spores. Ew. <clears throat> you can't have people living like that. Not as much as it costs to go to goddamn Howard. Howard ain't no cheap university. I didn't like Felicia's response to the kids. There was some video. I want to say De- Debbie Allen went up to the school to see about them kids. You know, they both graduated from Howard. Felicia Rashad was like letting her into a building and she just had some commentary. I don't remember exact words, but it was so nasty. Like her disposition about the kids was so nasty. And I was like, who are you? Like you're a really great actress. Like you had us all fooled thinking you were like America's mom. And you're just, you're not that. I mean, she's an actress. But still, I was like, I thought you had some, you know, niceness, decency. Not to support predators and children living in fungus. But my next topic is not technically good black news, but I think it turned out good. So we're going to put it in good black news. Lizzo. Lizzo had a new song came out. Girls. I can't say that I've heard it. Nothing personal against Lizzo. I've just been busy. I didn't hear about the song until the controversy about the song. So in Lizzo's new song, she uses the word spaz. And apparently this is considered derogatory language. I did not know, to, just to be completely transparent with you, that it's considered derogatory language. But Lizzo used the word in a song and people were very unhappy with her. I'm reading this on USA Today, which, which describes spaz as... um derogatory language and also an ableist slur and I didn't understand what the problem was I had to look it up but USA Today points out that that spaz has often been used to describe losing physical or emotional control they point out that the word has fallen increasingly out of fashion it's a quote because of the word's origin from spastic a form of muscular weakness or spastic paralysis typical of cerebral palsy So when the song came out, fans pointed out to Lizzo that she was using a slur. USA Today quotes this one tweet. This woman says, your new song makes me pretty angry and sad. Spaz doesn't mean freaked out or crazy. It's an ableist slur. It's 2022. Do better. Someone else wrote to her. They said, I'm disappointed in Lizzo for using the word spaz in her new song. There's no excuse for using an ableist insult in a song in 2022. As someone who champions women, plus-size people, and others whom society treats poorly, Lizzo preaches inclusivity and should do better. Some other people wrote that they were really disappointed in Lizzo. Some people talked about canceling Lizzo. This one woman at USA Today quotes, she said that canceling Lizzo is not what we want. We want to educate her and have the word changed. So Lizzo did, in fact, change the lyric. She posted yesterday, quote, it's been brought to my attention that there's a harmful word in my new song. Let me make one thing clear. I never want to promote derogatory language. As a fat black woman in America, I've had many hurtful words used against me. So I overstand the power words can have 
whether intentionally or in my case, unintentionally. I'm proud to say there's a new version of the song with a lyric change. This is the result of me listening and taking action. As an influential artist, I'm dedicated to being part of the change I've been waiting to see in the world. XOXO, Lizzo. So I hate that she used language that was offensive. Again, I didn't know. I didn't know that word was considered offensive. I'm pretty sure I've used it before. I don't think it's a popular one in my lexicon, but it's definitely in there. I had no idea that was considered offensive. I remember maybe like a month, maybe two ago, I was talking about someone just doing something that made no sense. And I think I called it dumb. And a couple people came in either my comments or my DMs and were like, you know, you shouldn't use that word anymore. Like it's ableist language. It's offensive. And I was like, well, I when I call someone dumb, like I, I mean to be offensive. Like that's I'm not I'm not trying to be accurate. I'm I'm trying to be offensive. Like that's the point. And they were like, no, 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 no. Like it's I, you're not just being, you know, like mean and surly like you're using like an ableist slur. There are occasions where I intend to be rude, but I don't want to use like a slur to be rude to someone. So I was like, oh, I got to take that out my lexicon. Like, I'm a writer. I can come up with creative ways to call people stupid. But I was like, all right, I guess I have to take one of my go-tos out of the lexicon. Is there a list? I'm not even being like funny style. Like, I'm genuinely asking, like, is there a, a, a list or a website that updates people on words that are considered not just offensive? I'm fine with like the run-of-the-mill offensive, but that are considered slurs? Because... Even as like, you know, a former English major, it's fascinating to me the way that language is evolving so very quickly. Just even within the last, I would say, five years, there's been this rapid pace change of words that were previously, you know, considered ignorant, like irregardless, like irregardless was not a real word 10 years ago. And now it's in Webster's things like dumb or spaz or the R word that's been off the table for a while. Like I'm aware of the R word because there was, I think, a very large public push. And it was at the beginning of people saying like, no, you can't use that word. But I feel like in the last maybe like five years or so, there's a plethora of words that were once considered part of everyday language that are no longer considered okay. Um, And I'm just not fully aware of what that list is. It's someone who... I've never been directly on the receiving end of being called an N-word. I've heard other people use it in my presence, but it's never been hurled at me. I mean, obviously, like black people say it back and forth. Between us, it's not said in a way that I feel is offensive between us. That said, as someone who can be on the receiving end of, of a slur, I want to be mindful of using language that is considered a slur to other groups. Even if I'm like in my head, like what's a big, what's the big deal? I recognize that it is a big deal to the group that is deeply offended by it. And I don't want to do that. I just am genuinely unaware of some words. Without this Lizzo controversy, um, I would not have known that this word was problematic. Either I don't use it often or I haven't used it lately and had someone bring it to my attention, but I didn't know. But when I ask if like, you know, genuinely, if you are aware of and I'll also do my own Google searching, I'm not just putting the onus on on listeners. But if there is a place that, you know, you can share that has like a list of words that are, you know, off the table now, I would very much like to know what that is and also share with my audience. Because I think sometimes like Lizzo, she was like, I didn't know. And she immediately went and changed the lyrics to the song. Like, as she said, it's like, you know, as someone who's on the receiving end of a lot of nasty language, like I don't want to you know put that out there. And so she changed it. 
um, which I deeply respect. Because I also think there's a type of, I was going to say artist, but I think beyond artist person who would be like, are you kidding me right now? Like, are you, are you seriously kidding me right now? Like, get over yourselves. There's a type of person who would do that. But I respect that Lizzo was like, you know what? I want people to respect me, so I'm going to respect others, and I'm going to go change the lyric. It's an easy enough thing to do because it got done in a day. I think it was the right thing for her to do, and I hope that her, her audience who was offended recognizes that she made a mistake and that she worked correctly to fix it. I think she handled it very, very well. So I hope she doesn't get too much um, more backlash and folks stop talking about canceling her. Like, we're, we're not canceling Lizzo. Stop it. Also in today's good black news, and this, there, it's really no news. A father and daughter went to a basketball game. But that father and daughter were Jay-Z and, and Baby Blue, who's not a baby anymore. I, like, probably everybody listening to this podcast remember, I think it was like the biggest viral moment ever on Twitter when Beyonce performed at the MTV Awards. I think she performed Love on Top. And at the end of the night, she unbuckled her suit jacket and rubbed her very visible pregnant tummy. And that was Baby Blue. That was over 10 years ago. Blue showed up at this basketball game with her dad. Her dad obviously being largely considered the best rapper alive, a living legend and icon. Um, Blue was embarrassed to be seen with him. They put the camera on them and, you know, Jay-Z being the proud father that he is of his gorgeous daughter, you know, he pulled her in and snuggled her. And obviously we couldn't hear what she said, but people read her lips and it, it appeared that she said something like, dad, my hair, she's got natural hair. It was like big and curly and spiraled. It was really, really pretty. Apparently Blue or somebody had spent a lot of time on that hair and Blue was feeling real cute and she didn't want dad like, you know, kissing her forehead and swishing her hair. She looked so embarrassed, like she just could not believe like she had to be touched and hugged and bothered by (laughs) Jay-Z. She's such a beautiful kid. And I feel old as dirt. And I was like, I remember before you were born and I remember being a kid and people would say that to me and I'd be like, "Eh, yeah, I would be so over people when they said that. And I was just like, no, they're really like marveling at life. I remember you being talked about and thought of and wanted and, you know growing in your mom's belly and now you're here and you're on two feet and you're like looking me in the eye you're my height like it's it's kind of like you know a miracle like people are really miracles but you only really see it like you know watching kids grow and you're like oh my god this is amazing how does this happen but that's how I felt like looking at blue she's such a gorgeous kid she's a really gorgeous kid and I thought she was a gorgeous kid when she looked more like her dad but her face is starting to change she's starting to look more like mommy All morning on social media, people have been posting pictures of um, Beyonce and Blue side by side. And she really does look like her mom. She looks older than 10, though. And not like inappropriate older. I think she's tall. And then like, you know, her her big hair out. And then she also had on um, some hoop earrings. They were big hoops. I don't know if my mom would have let me wear hoops that big at that age. But they weren't like, you know, inappropriate Like she wasn't showing a lot of skin or anything. She was all covered up. Like all you could see was face and hands. And she was completely like totally appropriately dressed. Um, She just looked older and 10. But I think that's just because she's a tall kid. Maybe she's like also a mature kid. That wouldn't surprise me. But she's such a beautiful kid. I was like, oh my God, baby blue. You know, I teared up. Yeah, I'm a cancer. I love to cry. I went through a phase in my life where I wasn't crying. 
And I was deeply disturbed by the fact that I wasn't crying. I was like, I'm not fully tapped into my cancerness right now. What other, what other news do we have? This might be an all good news episode. Tabitha at Target. We previously spoke about Tabitha's line coming out at Target. I know we did because I remember talking about the ad with Tabitha and her daughter and another woman I couldn't identify. And a bunch of you wrote in and they were like, that's her sister. It's a family affair. And I was like, okay, my instincts were good. I was like, I know she's in the circle. I don't know how she's in the circle, but she's the sister in the circle. But Tabitha's line for Target launched over the weekend. I don't know if it's sold out, but I know it's sold significantly. I know my local store, when I went online, I wanted the, the gold Tabitha earrings. They're not hoops per se. Well, they're, they're like in a circle, but it's like Tabitha's afro and like a profile of her face. They had one pair left and I was on the site early, but that's what I really, really wanted from the lines. So I, I bought it and I didn't go pick it up yet. I just got an email from Target being like, come get your shit or we about to like refund your check and put it back on sale. So I was like, one today's list of things to do is go to Target and pick up my earrings. But I saw so many people who had gone to Target and and uploading videos of their shopping experience at Target. So there was tons of support across social media. And I hope that's indicative of folks who, you know, don't have larger platforms that did go to the store and did go to support Tabitha. I've said this before, like I thought she was awesome before I had a chance to interview her. And then I I wrote a feature on her for Essence last year, last summer. It took a while for the article to come out, but I interviewed her at the the end of summer, maybe August, September, one of those. But she's genuinely like a lovely, lovely woman. And I was like, is this all like an act? And like, no, she's really just like warm and friendly and wonderful. Her whole family is. I was like, I love these people. Like adopt me. I know I'm an adult. I know I'm actually the same age as Tabitha, but I was like, still, I'm willing to be adopted. I'm not like replacing my current family, like add on. I add some more family. How about that? But congratulations to her. Um, The line was really, really cute. I read that this is one of four drops that she's going to do over the next year. I'll try to get a piece from from every part of the collection. Y'all might have to, you know, pick up a piece for me and hold it while I'm gone. I was like, I was like, does Target ship to Ghana without, you know, the shipping costing more than the actual products? Like you can get stuff. It's just really expensive and takes forever. There is no Amazon Prime in Ghana. They have Amazon. There's just no Amazon Prime. I think I did read that Amazon is going to Ghana, though. I don't know if that was Amazon Studios or actual, like, Amazon, like, you know, Amazon Prime type stuff. What else? There was something else that was good. I'm, like, looking at my list. Oh, Jack Del Rio. This is not good news. Jack Del Rio, he's, um, we talked about him. He is the, he is a coordinator, not a coach, not the coach of the Washington Commanders who should be called the Washington Monuments, but that's just me. We talked about last week how he called the January 6th insurrection, the attempted coup on the American government. He called it a dust up. And we talked about how he had to apologize for reducing, again, an event where multiple people died as reducing it to a dust-up. The Washington commanders did sanction him. They did not fire him. He was fined $100,000, but he will not be fired from the team. Let me see if I can find that actual statement. As far as statements go from the commanders, it was a good statement, but many people didn't think it went far enough. A lot of people thought he should be fired. So this is what the actual coach of the Washington commander said, Ron Rivera. 
You know, the Washington commanders, if I'm correctly, isn't the president of their front office a black dude? I'm going to look that up in a second. Put a pin in that. But I'm pretty sure it's like a young black dude. I want to say like late 30s, early 40s, fine as fuck. And I know that because I, the script that I've been shopping, one of the characters is based on, I want to say the first black president of an NFL team. You know, I like to create like a, you know, a, a black male love interest with a good job. Anybody trying to date nobody broke. Not, not in my life and, and not in my fantasies. Not, if I can create all the stories in the world, it won't be about a woman dating a broke man. I'll tell you that much. Put a pin in that for a second. We're going to look him up after we read these comments from the coach. Coach Rivera said, quote, his comments is referring to Del Rio. Am I the only one, pause, that hears Del Rio and automatically thinks of Vanessa? Is it just me? It's not just me. Moving along. Quote, his comments do not reflect the organization's views are extremely hurtful to our great community here in the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. As we saw last night in the hearings, what happened on the Capitol on January 6, 2021, was an act of domestic terrorism. A group of citizens attempted to overturn the results of a free and fair election. And as a result, lives were lost and the Capitol building was damaged. I appreciate very much. That he said that, you know, the comments do not reflect the organization and that he flatly stated that January 6th was an act of domestic terrorism. It's important that that was flatly said out um, and that he spelled out like citizens attempted to overturn the results of an election like this is wrong and that lives were lost. That's, you know, a really, really important thing to say. You know, like earlier when I was talking about like I'm going to figure out all these things and it'll it'll definitely happen because, you know, nobody died in this instance. People died. They did. That automatically makes it more than a dust up. Um, A lot of folks are unhappy about the $100,000 fine. Um, There are other people that are calling for him to be fired. Honestly, I could go either way. I thought the fine was enough. If he was fired, I'd also be fine with that too. But the president, um, I did wonder if the president of the team being a black dude had anything to do with the coach's statement being so... I don't think it was heavy handed, but I also think that they could have put out a statement that didn't specifically denounce January 6th. Like it's it's not lost on me that that wasn't a necessary part. It it really could have just been like, you know, Del Rio's comments do not do not uh, align with the organization. And it could have left it in a very gray area as to what actually the organization's position was. But they spelled it out very clearly. And I was like, is that because of the black dude? So the black dude, I did Google him. His name is Jason Wright. He's gorgeous. He's giving much Lazalonzo energy. He looks nothing like Lazalonzo, but they're like same tribe. Couldn't be brothers, could be cousins. He got these big old dimples. He's wide, pretty teeth, big hands. I read that he's like 5'10, but he's a solid 5'10. I don't see a ring. I do see what looks like a tattoo on that finger, though. But I did a little Googling. I can't find any mention of a wife. There could be a fiance. There could be somebody like, you know, in the background. Some folks just don't like to put their people forward. If I ever got married again, y'all probably wouldn't hear about it for like the first couple of years. Somebody else would probably have to tell you before I did. I might say something like on the first anniversary, maybe. DC people, could y'all let me know? Is this man single, taken, engaged? As fine as he is, I can't see him being in the wind this way. I see nothing about a, a wife or an ex-wife or even children, though. He's 39. Even if he had a husband, I would think that there would be some children. He's really cute. If he's single, why? That sounds so bad, right? Like, how are you single? What's wrong with you? 
He could just be like a workaholic. That's totally fine too. But I want to know about this tattoo. Does anybody in DC have any like background knowledge on this guy? I don't. I don't want like scandal and drama. I just really want the basics. Like you know, is he is he married? Does he have a long term situation? That's all I want to know. He's fine as fuck. What else do we have this week? I think that's all we're gonna do this week because I've got to get on this plane to Miami. I told y'all I finally like packed up my suitcases, even knowing I had this upcoming trip. I got to get on this flight at twelve o'clock. I ain't even pulled the damn suitcase out. That's a damn shame. But I'll figure it out. It's Miami. I ain't really got to put on much. You know, now that I'm shrinking, I wear less and go out more. (laughs) All right. Um, You know what I'm about to say. If you have not picked up your merchandise for Ratchet and Respectable, it's not a whole lot left. I think there's five white and gold hoodies that actually say Ratchet and Respectable. They're They're all double XLs. But that's it for actual merchandise that says Ratchet and Respectable. Everything else is gone. There's still merchandise for Interested Men Act Interested. And there's merchandise for Cut the Check. So if you'd like either one of those, if you just like to have like a piece of the podcast while the store is still open, that is still available for you. Um, otherwise, everything else is gone. All the, all the Ratchet and Respectable, um, all the Don't Waste Your Pretty, all that's gone. So, yeah, thank you. You know, I've been like warehouse sale. I'm closing the warehouse. Everything must go. And y'all have been, you know, going to the site and buying. So thank you. There was something else we were going to talk about. I'm going to save it for Friday, though. Oh, the single dad. That's not everything, but it's all we've got for this week because I have to go freaking pack. And I got errands to run. I think I'm going to have to get my nails done when I get to Miami. They look raggedy as hell. But Miami got nail salons. I'll be all right. If you know a good nail salon in Miami, can you DM me? I'm staying by Lincoln Road. Is there anything over there? I don't know Miami like that. Oh, also, a good makeup artist? You got a makeup artist in Miami? If you know one, could you let me know? Thanks. All right. I'm gone. We'll talk on Friday. I'm probably going to be either drunk or hungover. I'm just warning you in advance. But it won't be the first time. Probably won't be the last. Okay. Talk soon. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.